Good afternoon, good evening, or good morning, good people, whenever and wherever you may be listening to this podcast. I greet you and bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us on these daily podcasts to meditate on God's Word during the Hartford City Church's participation in a Daniel fast for these 21 days. I am recording some thoughts and meditations and scriptures each day to help you as we are committing ourselves to at least 30 minutes a day of prayer, scripture reading, meditation, and uh, just reflection upon God's word so that we can focus in this new year in the ways that God wants us to focus. So again, thank you for listening. I hope that you are blessed and encouraged and even challenged in your thinking. I pray that the Holy Spirit uses Uh, My words, my humble words, just my own, but also the word of God, the living word, Jesus Christ would reveal to you what God is saying to each and every one of you. And I just pray to that end for you today. So on this podcast, uh, what I've been doing is following kind of a loose outline. Uh, What I did was I jotted down some thoughts uh, based on the sermons that I've been doing. And then once I finish that thought, I kind of jump in my mind to where it takes me to next. And that's how I've been planning out these podcasts. So the last couple of uh, meditations we've had have talked about, you know, what the kingdom of heaven is looking like, what, um, you know, heaven might look like. And that got me thinking about uh, the end times, so to speak. When we all get to heaven, what will it be like? Uh, Where will heaven be? What exactly is is the nature of that time together? A lot of questions we have about, is the world going to end? And when is the world going to end? And what's going to happen when Jesus comes again. And one of the questions I know we like to ask and wrestle with today is, how do you get to heaven? Or will everyone get to heaven? And these are important questions for us to consider and reflect upon, uh, because we know that Jesus had told us that he would come again, that he would return to the earth, that he would establish his kingdom forever and ever, that actually there would be a new heaven and a new earth that is being created for us and for him to be together in the way that God intends us to live together forever and ever. We also know that Jesus offers eternal life to those who believe and receive him. And eternal life, we believe, is life that begins now, but also continues even after we die. So that after we die, there's a resurrection unto a life that is eternal, a life that is immortal, a life that is with God forever. So I wanted to reflect on some of those thoughts today from the Word, and the scripture I've chosen is from Second Peter chapter 3. This is a letter that the Apostle Peter wrote to the churches to encourage them and to remind them of the things they were taught. And we're going to read today Second Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 3 and continuing on to verse 13. So Second Peter 3, beginning in verse 3, continuing on to verse 13. The Apostle writes, Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming he promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being, and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word present, heavens and earth are the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. 
The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Let me just pause right there. You know, that last verse is kind of a famous verse in Christian circles that uh, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. Instead, he is patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So we see that according to the Apostle Peter, the desire of God is that no one would perish, meaning no one would, uh, you know, suffer the eternal judgment and punishment, but that everyone would come to repentance, meaning salvation. And so we see that God's heart, God's desire is that everyone would be saved. Now that poses some interesting questions, doesn't it? If that's what God desires, then is that what's going to happen? Rob Bell, a Christian author and speaker, famously put it in his book, Love Wins, Does God Get What God Wants? And in that book, he speculated on the possibility that maybe there would be opportunities for people to respond to the love of God even after they died. Now, again, this is pure speculation, and his words were were sometimes misrepresented, and he received a lot of criticism for raising those questions. But the truth is, we don't know exactly what it's going to be like after we die. We don't know exactly what the judgment is going to look like. We don't know, um, you know, God's timing is not the same as our timing. We need to understand that. You know, if a day is like a thousand years to God and a thousand years is like a day, then then God exists somehow outside of our time construct. So the exact amount of time that we are given in which we can receive Jesus Christ or reject Jesus Christ, you know, we don't control when those begin and when those end. So we at least need to keep that in mind. Uh, but moving on to, to thoughts on the on the scriptures itself, uh, we can definitely see that a judgment day is coming, that there will be a day when God comes and as uh, the text says, the heavens and earth now uh, will uh, reserve for fire. There will be judged. There will be the destruction of the ungodly. Uh, he goes on to say later on in the chapter that the day of the Lord will bring about destruction of the heavens by fire and elements will melt in the heat. But we keep looking forward with this promise to a new heaven and a new earth. So that's the promise of God, is that this earth will be destroyed, will end, will go away at some point, that there will be a new heaven and a new earth where we will live forever. Now, we don't know exactly when that day is going to come. The Jewish people called it the day of the Lord, and they were looking forward to it. And of course, the followers of Jesus remembered his words that he would come again, that he would return to earth this time with the final judgment and kind of the end of history as we know it. We like to call that the end times or the apocalypse or what happens in the book of Revelation. You know, what happens when, when, when the earth is destroyed and everything ends? Well, we know that there will be a new heaven and a new earth and that the Lord is desiring. His desire is that everyone would be saved uh, from the judgment and from the destruction. That's God's desire. That's God's heart. And we need to begin there and maybe just sit there for a minute before we go any further. Many people see God as angry and mean, just wanting to punish people for no reason. That is an inaccurate view of God. Many people see God as uninterested, just kind of sitting up there in the sky with his arms folded, leaning back in his chair, not really getting involved in what we do on this earth. That is also inaccurate. Rather, we believe in a God through Jesus Christ who cares deeply about this world, 
who always operates out of love. He doesn't operate out of meanness or just arbitrary judgment. But everything he says and everything he does is motivated by his love. And his love is for everyone. He does indeed love everyone. And so we must start there. And whatever questions or conclusions we come to after that, they must be understood or framed within the context of God's love. We need to understand his heart. How does this get played out? Well, Peter says, first of all, you know, it is taking a long time for Jesus to return. You know, I'm thinking when Peter wrote this, you know, it wasn't that long after Jesus was actually there, you know, um, less than 100 years. And now, you know, we sit some 2,000 years still waiting. And I kind of relate to what the people said back then. Where's this coming that Jesus promised? Everything seems to be going on in the world as it has from the beginning. It just keeps rolling along, rolling along, rolling along. And sometimes I feel that that doubt creep into my mind and uh, that wondering, is Jesus really going to come back? Is is this really true? Is there really going to be a new heaven and a new earth? Is the promises that Jesus gave, are they going to come true? But the response that the Apostle Peter writes is that God is patient. God is waiting and giving everyone every opportunity available uh, to accept him, to come to repentance. And so we can be grateful for that. We can be grateful that even though things seem like God is taking a long time, even though the injustice that we see in the world, we are frustrated that it's taking so long to eradicate some of these issues we've talked about, like like racism that we talked about a couple days ago. It seems like it's taking a long time for us to to eradicate some of this injustice and, and, and systemic sin that exists in our world. Uh, but we must not lose heart because Jesus Christ is with us. God is not distant. He has given us his Holy Spirit to live inside of us. And the Holy Spirit should be moving us towards uh, faithfulness, confidence in God's promise. should also be moving us to love because while we have this time, we need to share the love of God with as many people as possible. That's why we're given this time. You know, we should live our lives in a way that is uh, pleasing unto God. And I believe that that is when we share God's love with other people and share with them the invitation to believe and receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So coming back to that question, if God wants everyone to be saved, will everyone be saved? In other words, uh, is everyone just going to go to heaven and it really doesn't matter what we do now? Well, I don't think that that is true because God has given us free will. He's given us the ability to choose And because of that, God wants us to choose to receive and believe in Jesus Christ. So because we can choose to receive him, there also remains the reality that we can choose to reject him. And so what happens then, I believe, is that those who reject Jesus Christ are the ones who will miss out on all of the promises of eternal life and the new heaven and the new earth and will not receive the eternal life that God has offered freely, but it's by their rejection. It's not because of God's anger or God's judgment or God's punishment upon them, but it's because they've rejected the invitation to life. And on the other side, we have the ability to choose. For those of us who choose to believe in Jesus Christ and receive him, we accept that invitation to eternal life and God will be faithful to his promise and we will receive what he has promised if we choose to accept it. So uh, that's where I 
believe and stand on the subject. I, I believe that um, God wants everyone to be saved, but the reality is everyone won't be saved because we all have a choice to make. And the choice is to accept God's love or to reject God's love. And I believe that that the person who rejects God's love uh, so vehemently during this life would be the kind of person that would continue to reject God's love. Even if they died and went to heaven and God said, okay, I'll give you one more chance. I tend to believe, this is just my thought, that they would still be the kind of people that would reject God's love and they would choose not to enter into the eternal life that God offers them. Um, on the, so I believe that our choices now are really indicate you know, uh, the direction of our soul, both now and, and for the future and, and even after we die. Um, you know, the, the hardcore skeptic, you know, what would it take for them to believe? Well, not even miracles, not even the miracles Jesus performed caused hardcore skeptics to believe, you know, not even uh, supernatural occurrences can cause hardcore skeptics to believe. Uh, the only thing that can cause them to believe is a a change in their heart, uh, a choice that they make from their spirit to believe. And so even though they may die and appear before God, you know, their their soul, their core being is still the same. And I believe that those people will still continue uh, to reject God or to doubt that what they're experiencing is even real. Those are some thoughts that C.S. Lewis explored in his uh, book, The Great Divorce, which is a great uh, story imagining what it would be like if people from hell could take a bus trip to heaven and visit and what would their reaction be. Uh, It's a really wonderful piece of literature. I commend it to you, The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis, if you would like a very creative way to explore more of these thoughts. Uh, But I just encourage you today to remember that God is not slow in keeping his promise, that God is indeed coming again to this earth. Jesus Christ is coming again. But until he comes... Uh, What we should do is live lives in readiness for him. And I believe we do that by sharing with everyone the good news of Jesus Christ and inviting them to believe and receive him. So I invite you today, if you've never believed and received Jesus Christ into your life, there's no better time than now. You can simply pray this prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I receive your forgiveness. Please come into my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. With that prayer, you begin a journey with God that will lead you to the new heaven and the new earth and eternal life forever. You begin a relationship with God in which his Holy Spirit will come into your life and he will never, ever leave you, no matter what, never forsake you, no matter what. And that's the great hope that we have in the love of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. May God bless you all during this time, and I look forward to seeing as many of you as possible on Sunday at 1030 a.m., 15 Vernon Street in Hartford, Connecticut. God bless.